I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, you guys, and I am bringing you a very powerful conversation today. I was just re-listening to it before recording this lovely lady's introduction, and oh man, like... (laughs) Everything that she shares in today's episode just continues to rock my world because I know it so intimately. I mean, she's sharing the messy, messy shitstorm that happens when we are going through growth, when we are pivoting in our lives, when we are searching for something more, we're finding our truth. And she just gives words to the story in such an honest and heartfelt way. I'm, I'm just honored. I'm honored and grateful that she is being so open with us right now. So I'm speaking to the lovely Diane Polly today. And, you know, I've been friends with her for a while online, but she wrote a piece most recently. It's called, What the Fuck Should I Do With My Life Again? <laughs> and it's off on Medium. I'm going to include a link to it in the bio. But when I was reading her words, I was like, oh my gosh, like, how many times have I been there? Like, and I think that we all have been there is we go down this path of our lives thinking that this is what we want. And then we get to the end of it and it's like, Oh my God, this isn't, this isn't it either. And so we sometimes feel like there's something wrong with us and we're never going to find that thing. And we can feel lost and uncertain. This brings up all kinds of feelings about unworthiness and not having it all together. And can be a very insecure place to be. And how do we how do we embrace those moments, right? Like how do we learn to find our enoughness even when things feel messy? And that's why I was just so glad that she was willing to come and share her experience with all of you today. So she is on a mission to live her life with more heart and looking to find her worthiness with or without titles, which I absolutely adore. Diane's only hope is that her open journey encourages other women to look at their own lives and see that their mess can too become their message. And if they feel so called, she'll be honored to help them create a heart and soul movement of their own so they can become the leader they wish they had once upon a time for someone else that's really special. So you can connect with her on her website. I'm going to include a link to that also in the show notes. And there's some other resources down there as well that we talk about in, the, in today's episode. So make sure you check those out. Um, you guys, this conversation, it rocks my world. And oh, oh I love her so much. <laughs> so let's get into it, shall we? Here is Diane. Welcome back, everyone, to the Enoughness Revolution. This conversation is going to be really meaningful to me because I've been following this lovely woman on the internet for for a little bit now, and her words have been really touching my soul and asking me to look deeper within. And I love people that bring that certain level of awareness to their lives, but also encourage others to look in the dark places too. So today I'm speaking to Diane Polly, who we're going um, without labels today, something that she's exploring in her life and something I've definitely explored in mine. So Diane, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Thank you so much, Megan. I, yes, I feel so vulnerable, but so good so open. I really appreciate the beautiful introduction. And um, 
Yes. For the first time, I feel like I'm being fully transparent and fully authentic and just fully human. That makes mm-hmm. sense of the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm living with kind of without labels right now. And what I like to say with or without titles. Yes. Uh, so my journey right now, it just looks like I'm helping other women like myself connect more with their heart over their head mm-hmm. and really go deep and look at the fact that their mess can be their message in the world. And if they're ready to and feel called to that, they can start to create heart and soul movements from that space. I love that. <laughs> your mess can be your message. That's, that's been such the case for me, especially for the whole concept of enoughness, of really struggling here, what it means to be enough, and more so what it means to experience the not enough. And I know for me, anytime I've stripped away titles or labels that I've used to identify myself with, it can be very vulnerable and almost like, well, who am I without that? Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that vulnerability? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much so. Um, and I really relate to you and connect to you so much. And your work really inspires me because here you yeah. are talking about enoughness and one of my big words is worthiness and they go hand in hand oh yes so that whole idea of stripping things away is so difficult and just this stage of my life that i'm in right now i really believe in really embodying that type of leader that you want to be and i take leadership very seriously so i was saying how can i start bringing worthiness into this realm of conversation where I'm speaking with these women, if I don't feel like I'm enough sometimes and if I'm not truly practicing it. So why not just put it out there for the whole world to see? <laughs> well, first of all, totally courageous. And I think that it's, it's a conversation and a realm that a lot of us need to explore of what does it mean to still be enough even when we feel messy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a oh, lot. That's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's all in the mess. And I can't take so much credit for this because there's been so many positive women in my life who have been great mentors. And, you know, they would always give me like little hints at it, like, dang, it's okay not to have it all together. It's okay to have things fall apart. And I know this logically, like in, in theory, that's the thing I think when we're so in our head, it, it makes sense. But then to actually live it is so different. And it's so hard. And um, I know we'll probably get into so much today. But um, what really hit me this year was that one woman I was working with in particular, she just said something out of the blue. And it was just so sweet. But it hit me so hard about just following me the past few years. And um, I had lots, lots of ups and downs and lots of pivots and adaptations of what I was doing. But she said, Diane, you know, you've always been enough for me. You know, you may have changed what you were doing, but the heart and core of it, it was always you. And you've always been the same to me. And you've always been enough for me. Mm. In the moment, I was like, thank you so much. But it just kind of went in one ear and just stayed there. And then from that moment, I just was like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this. I... Well, I don't feel enough sometimes, a lot of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think that a lot of 
people can relate. Like when we feel like we're doing a lot of pivoting in our lives and we're changing direction that how is that coming across to people on the outside? And like on the inside, it can feel so disorienting and like we have no idea where we're going or what we're doing. And we feel like a hot mess. Like, <laughs> really. And it's interesting because the more I've experienced this, I mean, even just most recently, like becoming a mom and really asking myself some big questions and feeling like I'm starting to go through a pivot myself, which is really only circling back to where I first began, really talking about joy and honoring ourselves, um, coming in a deeper alignment with who we are and what our soul is asking of us. That's all this journey has ever been about. It's just had um, a lot of different outfits. But in my mind, it's like there's these, there are these huge monumental shifts and there's always that fear of like, oh my gosh, well, what are people going to think about me now because I'm changing directions? And, you know, I don't think that things are such drastic shifts on the outside as sometimes they feel within, mm -hmm. yeah, if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> it makes so much sense. I'm over here nodding like crazy. <laughs> and it makes total sense because it's kind of like you're going back to basics, but a second time round, a third yes. time round, a fourth time round. And a good friend of mine once said, you know, it's, yeah, it's like we're constantly evolving and going back to that thing we started with. But as we're doing it, we're going up all these levels. Yes. And that makes sense with those internal shifts that we're going through. And um, I was just racking my brain listening to you because I was thinking of all these moments where looking back, I feel like, oh my gosh, and then I learned this about myself. And now I'm just learning so much more. But yeah, I don't know what it looks like to the outside world. If it's just like, what is this girl doing? Does she have any idea? Is it together? But I, you feel like you're internally shifting and growing and evolving. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, for me, I know that within each pivot, there's, there's another layer of evolution or gaining more wisdom. And so every time I'm circling back, I'm coming at it from a little bit of a deeper perspective of what does this mean in light of this life experience now? And I think bouncing around um, in that regards, I think is a really wise thing to do to allow yourself to explore different pockets of yourself and different pockets of your life because there's wisdom to be gained there. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think from a cultural standpoint, we're sometimes encouraged not to do that, of to walk just this one path and don't veer off of it. But I think we miss a whole lot <laughs> if we do that. Yeah. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're just kind of interwired to be very good at pivoting and adapting, but to the quote unquote normal world in society, it's what are you doing with your life? But it makes so much sense though to us and, um, I think the people who really see the transparent journey and really resonate with what we're doing and the message that we're putting out there, they start to see that it, just like that one woman told me that it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like you, the core of who you are is always the same. And it's just so neat for me to see you evolve. And it's been, it's so strange being in the driver's seat you know, and not being able to see, see yourself through everybody else's eyes sometimes because you're going, oh my gosh, what are they going to think about this or that? And when I kind of wrote this piece this year, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Excuse my French. Again, um, I was like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think I'm doing now? And I was so 
scared the first time kind of sharing part of my life when I quit my job and my coach at that time was like, oh, it could be your coming out story, you know, and these people think that you've been an entrepreneur this whole time, but you have this job and that was very liberating. But in the back of my mind, I thought, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm such a failure. Mm. Doing something very career related at that point. Um, But I feel like I'm constantly like a few steps ahead of, you know, the journey that I'm teaching and that everything I'm learning, I'm just sharing it as I accumulate those lessons so someone else can learn from my path. Yeah. And I think that that's incredibly important. I think that we actually learn from teaching. Mm -hmm. We start to connect more and more dots, the more we're trying to put it together in a package to to give it forward, you know? But I think also like this whole jumping around business is, it's almost like we get a different reflection when we're in this different area. And it's kind of like, as you were talking, I was thinking about all the different guys I've dated (laughs) and like how different they all are. And like, sometimes like you look back at your past and like, why did I ever date him? You know, like what did I see in that person? And sometimes we can kind of be judgmental of ourselves of like, I wouldn't like, why, why? But if you look at it from the sense of what did that person teach me? Mm-hmm. you can kind of see like why you did go in that direction or at least what you gained from it. And when it comes to purpose, you have a love story with your purpose, just like you do with your life partner. So when you can kind of think about, you know, your purpose has a lot of different relationships that go along with it and you're learning something from, from each one. Mm, I love that. That makes so much sense. And it's so <laughs> true with your love life too. <laughs> Very true. I'm like, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> have that love story with your purpose. I really, really love how you kind of put that because it's, it's so true. And it's all these different moves that you make. And I completely agree. We teach what we learn. We teach what we know. I think that's our sweet spot. And my coach way back when, um, she was all about teaching audacity and I went to see her speak and I always remember this and she was so like shy and she was in the corner of the room and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be about audacity. And she's like, don't you know why I talk about this? Because I'm constantly learning about it and I'm mm-hmm. teaching what I'm learning. And that was a big lesson for me. I'm learning and implementing now is that mm-hmm. we really are growing into teaching what we're working on in our own life and the more personal that gets the harder it is because then we have to create this whole new level of vulnerability with the world and it's so scary being this transparent but it's also very freeing but that doesn't mean it's not scary or easy Mm -mm, it's not easy it's hard you know you you wrote a post for medium and i'd love to link to it in the show notes I think that was the first one that I commented. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, You really talked about kind of burning your life down. (laughs) Basically, you kind of like took a match and you're like, here it is. This is how (laughs) I feel and this is what I'm doing. And I'm kind of walking away from everything I thought I wanted for a while Mm -hmm. to go reconnect with myself. And oh man, as I was reading it, I was, I just was putting myself in your shoes of, one, how much freedom that must have created for you to share that with the world, but also like the oh shit moment of like, what is everybody going to think? And is this okay? And how, like now what? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I am, um, I've just become so comfortable with sharing my oh shit moments with the internet. <laughs> so like, oh, wait, I'm having one of those. Now I've got to figure out how to say it. Um, that was, that was kind of a, a tipping point. And it is so funny. I feel like I don't want to say a turning point for me because I'm still in it and walking through it. But I do feel like I, I've already been learning so much more about myself over the past few months just by choosing to do that. It was so, so scary to write that as I think it was one of the most honest pieces I've ever written. Um, and now it's getting more and more honest as I go. But sharing from that space really cracked something open in me because I, I really got to the point after that enoughness comment from that lovely lady and just in my own journey where it was just, I am preaching and teaching on living in this heart space. Yet if these women saw me behind the scenes, I am just totally in my head all the time. And I feel like I'm having like so much anxiety and it was just, a, I was in a place where I felt like I truly this year had connected with the message I was meant to put out into the world. Yet the container, the business container, that traditional structure, it was not working. And I had kind of grown out of that, but I was trying to fit it in there so well. And as soon as I would promote something or post something, I would kind of cringe afterwards. Like I feel like I'm selling and I'm trying to move away from that. And I felt like I was in such a headspace promoting this heart space and being contradictory to my message. And I didn't feel good about it at all. And um, the, the money was on my mind. And I never wanted to get to that point where these beautiful women, it was just, you know, oh my gosh, now I don't want to just see them as dollar signs, you know, coming in to help me, you know, make my business work. Yeah. And all of this stuff was happening. And I mean, I, last year, I also pivoted. Um, my journey has gone so up and down, but um, I took on the role title of copywriter last year because I knew I could write and I decided to put that skill set to work as I wanted to explore, okay, what is my actual message that I want to talk about? And last year I really uncovered more of that and all about worthiness and the messiness and all of this stuff we're talking about. But I was making money doing copywriting. Mm -hmm. And last year I almost matched my corporate salary. And for the first time I was like, okay, this is working. But by the end of the year, I was like, I hate this. And this is not why I started coaching. I'm not even coaching anymore. And I could have kept going with that. But I decided this year, okay, I am leaving that lucrative part of what I'm doing behind. This, to some people would consider this really stupid. And I was like, I ain't being really stupid about it. Um, and I said, okay, let me see if this message will resonate. And it started to, but then that money piece was tied to it. And that worthiness piece was tied to it. And all these women coming to me would reflect and say comments that I was saying in my own head about enoughness and worthiness. Mm -hmm. And then it just all kind of went boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, I think I took a whole week off of social media and I was so good about it. I would post every single day. I had been doing that a few years and even Twitter like never missing a day with some things never missing a beat 
so some people knew there was something wrong. They were like, Diane, are you alive? Like, why aren't you posting? And then I posted that piece and I just put it up there, I think just on Facebook and just on Twitter. And I was like, I don't even know if anyone's going to read this. And then all these people read it. Like, oh boy, I talked about money in there. I talked about my life. I talked about my personal life, which I don't really talk about. So um, thank you for bringing that up. And um, I don't know where I was going with that rant, but um, it, it's very hard to crack yourself open like that. But it, um, I think it needed to be said. You know, I, it's interesting that we're, I love how these conversations take on um, this power of their own. They always lead us to where I feel like we need to go. But right before we got on the call, I was talking about um, when the truth hurts. And for me, when I am stumbling onto a truth of I'm not in the right relationship or I'm not living true to myself or I'm not in the right um, job, I'm not in the right message, that truth can sometimes really, really hurt because we feel like it's our fault. And to take responsibility for that and to own it, I think takes a lot of courage, whether that's telling a partner that this isn't working out or whether it's telling all of the people that follow you and look to you for inspiration that this doesn't feel good anymore. Um, Facing the reality that we might let people down Mm -hmm. is really, really scary, especially when you're like, you know, you think of yourself as a heart centered person and, You never want to hurt anyone or disappoint them. All the pressures we put on ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. but to live in a truth that hurts is just not sustainable. And I think the quicker you can acknowledge it and do something different, the quicker you're going to come back to yourself. And that's like, we can't have joy. We can't have love unless we're living with who we really are. Oh my gosh. So, so true. So, so true. And, um, I'm bringing, you're making me think about a lot of things every time you comment. (laughs) Um, it's so beautiful. And, um, I think I'm becoming more okay with sharing more about my personal life too, just to let people in a little bit more, but I didn't realize, you know, how much everything is intertwined life and business and everything, um, love, And yeah, living in that truth if we're not living in it, if we're not being authentic to ourselves, it does, it affects every area of our life. You're so right. And I think I've just started to write about this, but there would be so many nights I would just be crying to my boyfriend and he like is so patient because I was getting so emotional all the time, like a roller coaster behind the scenes. And it was all about my worthiness, my enoughness, this fear of abandonment, all these, all these things that I thought I had healed, but they just come up even more. And I noticed all these deeper things were coming up even more with the work I was doing this year too. And I was like, Oh, what is happening? And, um, I wanted to keep going there, but it was so scary. And I noticed myself if I, if I kept ignoring this, if I kept ignoring these lessons that I was meant to learn, now being open, being more transparent, authentic, and honest, 
I would have gone down a path of complete self-sabotage probably, you know, and I, I would have been aware of it the whole time, which is even more annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I could see myself doing that. Um, and thank God my boyfriend's very aware of it. He's like very much in your head right now. And you know, you know, you're trying to self-sabotage. And I'm like, I know, but I can't stop it. But with tears mm-hmm. and, um, everything is starting just life right now, just in this little kind of new avenue I've created, everything is starting to improve more. My personal relationship, just the, the work I'm doing, um, it's slow, but, um, I think it's because I'm becoming more aware and it all change all starts with us. And I think I'm so resistant to that resistant to the lessons that I really needed to learn. And I'm just doing it for everyone to see, I guess. Well, I have this quote and I don't even know like where this came about. It must've been from my counseling days because we would always get to this point in session and it's the same thing with coaching too, that eventually like your truth rises. And so for me, it's like your truth will always rise. And once it does, you can never unsee it. Even like if you try so, so hard to pretend that it's not there, we push it away or we avoid it or we, we wish that it's untrue. But once your truth rises to the surface and you see it, that something's no longer working, that something feels off, that something doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. to ignore that is going to create a lot more suffering versus doing the very courageous and often very uncomfortable thing of embracing it and saying, okay, this is here. So now how, what do I do with this new truth? Mm-hmm. For you, I see you totally taking that truth by, by the horns and doing something radical with it of, you know, really choosing to reorient your life to explore what this looks like for you and feels like for you and what it means about who you are and who you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for saying all that. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to, how to take compliments these days. It's a a skill I'm still working on. myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I have to consciously saying that. Thank you very much. And um, that also brought up so many things. Um, it's it's so true. It's um, there's something that came up earlier that I'm. It's just kind of coming up now. Um, when I fir- very first started on this business journey um, a few years ago, there was this creative project. Um, a few ladies and I were going to do and we never had it come to fruition but we took all these pictures and created this website and I just remember we were using a mask and we were um, painting that mask with the words that we wore to the world you know that happy I think I put happy confident perfect mask and then I um, got really creative and like was wearing like a ripped up shirt and painted my face with the behind the scenes of it. And behind the scenes are these tears. And it said, yes, there was a hint of that truth back then, but I was kind of ignoring it. And um, it said unworthy. It said lonely. It said mess. Mm. All those things that have been coming to the surface, <laughs> really not thinking about it, like to the forefront this year, because I could only repress it for so long. You're right. And then it has to come up. Um, 
And it was just so interesting. And maybe that concept was never meant to come to fruition because um, it was about taking off those masks. And um, I think for the first time, just seeing that image of me, I saw the glimpse of that behind the scenes for the first time. But I, I think I put the mask right back on because I was like, oh, I can't let the world see this or I've got to heal this on my own. And I started to and I have gone on my personal healing journey, which I think never ends and we're still on. Um, but now you're right and you talk about this. There's that beauty in the mess and being able to see that and being able to share that. And um, another share other for everybody because you're right you don't what you said before that you don't disappoint that you don't want to um let anyone down and that's uh what I was very scared of this year was that I was going to consider myself a failure so everyone around me would as well and um it's quite the opposite when you embrace the mess oh my goodness <laughs> Yes. And, you know, you're bringing up something that I just saw today. I don't know if um, you follow Glennon Doyle Melton, but she's the um, creator of Momastery. And she just released a book called Love Warrior. And it's kind of a memoir about um, her marriage. Mm -hmm. And she's releasing this book on how to be in a marriage. And she just announced that she's actually separating from her husband like right before the book launches. And so <laughs> wow. um, incredibly courageous for her to do that. And I saw something online today and it really speaks to what we're talking about that she shows up in the uncomfortable places because we're always like in the mess at some level. And a lot of us, we wait until we're out of the mess to share it or to reflect on it in order to, for us to feel like we have some sort of mastery with it. But we're always in the during of something. And I think that we really offer a lot to people when we can share during, the, yeah. like, in the middle of it. And it's hard. Like, it's something that I have to really challenge myself to do as well because I, I kind of have this, um, this like, intellectualizing component to me where I like to make sense and sit on education and theories and all of these things instead of getting into like the messy feelingness component of it. And I've often put a lot of pressure on myself to have all the pieces figured out before I go and share this little nugget of wisdom or, you know, and I think that I, I can take away some beautiful moments just by waiting until it all makes sense to me instead of just sharing the messy middle, you know? And that's what I see you doing. Like you're, you're in the middle of something, but you're not waiting. You're just sharing it as it's happening. And that takes, I think, a lot, like even more courage to do that. She's like, here it is. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how this is all going to go. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But here I am walking this path. Come with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think um, I really, I want to embody what being a leader really looks like. And someone once showed me an example, and I think there's images of it, of a mountain with a boss on the top. And they're telling the people on the bottom, you know, go, 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 meet me up here. And then the leaders halfway down the mountain 
holding everybody's hand and letting them step on them to get up to the top, you know, and that's always really spoken to me. And I, I want to be that kind of leader. And my whole thing that I, I tell the women that I work with and that I'm blessed to be surrounded by is that, you know, we can have that opportunity if we see that our mess can be our message, we can be that leader we wish we had for someone else, you know, and that our life can be so amazing that we can bring, that there can be a reason for all the stuff that have ha that's happened to us. And I want to embody that so much. So I think that's why I've been pulled <laughs> to do this. And I think I had to hit a big stop sign and get real humble about it, you know, earlier this year where it was like, nope, 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 this isn't working. The store's closing. The store's closing. Stop knocking. Okay, I'm just going to like, something bigger than me is just going to like push me on my butt because I'm not listening. And that's what happened. So I had to really sit back and look out. What, what is that next step? And um, I think I've gotten really good at sharing because um, I've been sharing more and more of my personal life in these pieces. Um, I was quiet for so long and I had my voice subdued for so long that I feel like I don't have to say something right or say something in the right context or proper to prove myself to someone anymore that I growing up just wanted someone to be so honest and transparent and vulnerable with me that if I can be that for someone then that's, that's a good thing. Cause that's what I wanted. And, um, you made me think of something um, that I just wanted to add in. So funny about vulnerability because there's this concept that I was teaching last year and I still bring up called strategic vulnerability. And it's just so funny bringing that up now because I'm learning something new about it and it's not so strategic. But um, I, when I first started to share my story, I noticed it totally coming from this wounded place and I've had a write a lot and journal a lot and personally work on those issues. Um, but my writing and my sharing originally, when I first started out, it would just be, hey, I just want confirmation. I just want a hug. I just want validation. Like, make me feel better, you know, from that seeking place that a lot of us have. And I realized when I'm feeling those things, I've got to check in with myself first so that I can share from like a scar. Like, it's almost patched itself up. And then when I share, and this is what I used to call strategic, you know, when we're being vulnerable is that it's a lesson. But I got so good at being so precise and perfect and beautiful, quote unquote, in the way I was saying things that I got so distanced and almost metaphorical to my life. Yeah. And it's new for me actually sharing in the mess and sharing this vulnerably without having completely healed from it, but not completely in that wounded place. It's in that messy middle mm. and I'm learning how to navigate it. So it's brand new for me too. And I'm glad it's resonating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it kind of reminds me of being in a relationship with somebody who only tells you what they want you to know. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had a relationship like that with somebody or even been that person yourself. I know I have been that person myself where I've shared just enough for you to feel like you're really connected to me, but I still guard a whole lot. And although people might think they know a lot, I really haven't given anything away. And I have reflected about, you know, on that and realized that 
it's, it's a protective, it's like a defense mechanism, right? Of I can share only, I can share very vulnerably <laughs> about certain things, mm-hmm. but then it stops and really challenging myself. Why does it stop there? Is there, is there extra healing that needs to be done in these areas for you to open up even more? Because I do think it's in sharing our stories that really offer deeper connection for people. And with connection comes hope and hope and love. And that's, I think, the foundation for everything, especially when it comes to creating more joy and authenticity and letting somebody know, hey, you're not alone here. You're not the only person that struggled. You're not the only person that has thought these things or felt these things or done these things. You're not the only one that's walking around with shame. I'm right there with you. And I think that's what builds empathy for all of us. So anytime I see somebody, you know, walking that it's, you know, it's inspiring. It really, really is. And so I just, I want to thank you for being an inspiration to not just me, but others by walking that walk. Thank you. It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Quietly. Like it's still, I'm still in it. I don't know how to do this. I don't have it all together, but um, I am learning how to be so appreciative of that. And I thank you for seeing me. It's very hard being seen this way. Um, And you just made my heart happy saying everything that you did, because I think this is what so many of us just who have a heart of service want and we want the world to be filled with this love and healing and that's what happens when we start to heal ourselves and it, oh I love I love the word empathy it's like that's another concept I'm exploring and going deeper with myself and you know just the fact that you are questioning you know on your own journey I think that's so admirable and just for us women to be able to share like this and go deep like this this is where that change happens. Cause I think at the end of the day, you're right. It's people just want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be accepted and it's hard. And I think that starts sometimes we've got to take that first step and show them that, you know, it's okay on the other side that we can be a platform to share our stories so that they can see themselves in us and that they can feel heard through that. Um, and I, I love empathy so much because it goes so much deeper because level deeper than sympathy where it's really Brene Brown said it best. I'm quoting her, um, connecting with the feeling in you that connects with the feeling in someone else. And she did such a great visual portrayal of that where it was, you know, someone who's up in the light already, but they're willingly choosing to go back down that dark hole. Yeah. Mind yourself. Cause it's hard there. It's so hard there. And like, Oh wait, I've gotten out of the hole already, but I'm choosing to go down there again to help someone else. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, who there is, there's a really great video. I think it was done by RSA or RC. I'll have to look at it. I'll link to it in the show notes, but um, it visualizes, it's a cartoon and it visualizes somebody going through a really dark time who's down in this hole and there's this ladder and, you know, there's this other person at the top of the hole and they're looking down at this person like, Ooh, yeah, that looks really bad. Can I get you a sandwich? And it's like, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's sympathy. I'm like, Oh yeah, that sucks for you. Mm. You know, I can help you, but only so much. Whereas empathy is going down to that level of saying, this really sucks. 
I felt this way too. You're not alone. And it's a completely different experience, not only for the person that's going through that moment, but also for how you're experiencing that moment too. And I think anytime we're able to sit with somebody in a dark time, it allows us another level of healing. And, you know, I've noticed that myself for sure of really being able to connect with that emotion and even sometimes just witnessing how that emotion has changed or, how, how the healing has progressed since the last time I revisited that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, like dissecting vulnerability. I don't know exactly why this is coming up. I'm just going to trust it and go with it. <laughs> that vulnerability doesn't mean um, sharing every single aspect of our stories. I think that certain aspects will always be ours. But learning to strengthen that discernment muscle of what does belong just to me and I look around at a, a lot of women that I admire and, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert just um, shared today that she's in love with her best girlfriend and she's been sitting with this silently for, for months and the way that she shared it was really admirable because she said the answer, like she, she posed a question, was this relationship the reason why I got divorced or separated from my husband? And the answer is yes. And that's all I'm going to share about it. And I think that that is a great example of how we say, this is for you, and I'm willing to share this much with you, but this is my boundary that protects me and the other people involved. And so when we're practicing vulnerability, I think it's quite easy for us to overshare because we don't know where these boundaries exist for ourselves yet. But the more we practice it, the more we can kind of feel into, is this just for me? Does this put anybody that I love at risk to share? Um, It's messy, guys, and it's not black and white. (laughs) It's not. I mean, even like writing this book that I'm writing right now is really testing those waters for me because I'm sharing a lot of personal stories. And does this harm somebody else to share this story because it involves them too? And I wish there were easy answers. But just like you're navigating these waters of being more vulnerable and sharing parts of your story, and you've shared, you've shared a quite a lot of intimate details, and I'm sure you've had to navigate the same kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I appreciate you so much sharing all this because it, it just makes, you know, it just makes the person behind the words, you know, so much more relatable. And you're just so everyone is able to connect with you that much more because you're sharing, you know, like this. And that's what makes me, you know, love what you're doing as well. And it's just, it reminds me of um, what someone once told me, someone I looked up to who was like, we're all in this together, you know, and I don't have any more figured out than you do. You know, we're just on different paths and I'm just navigating it too. Cause I think we, um, everything you said just now, I completely agree with and can relate to and um, the boundaries and just the aspects of being vulnerable. And it's, we're all on these very individual personal journeys mm-hmm. and we are all navigating our own waters. And um, I'm just thinking to, you know, kind of how it all sums up and how you talked about love and empathy and connection I feel like everything that we're looking for can be had if we're willing to go there. And um, I think with vulnerability too, it connects to empathy a little bit. The way that I see it, um, I think it helps when we feel like we can connect and 
almost talk to that one person, right? So this is just how I look at it, and it helps me when I do this. Um, and I've been bringing up this concept a little last year, more this year, and not everyone gets it, but people who are meant to do, and I, I talk about having a special someone, you know, and this could be in life, but when it comes to those movements and those bigger than us things we're creating in our lives, I think we all have that someone we're meant to reach. And it helps me navigate vulnerability a little bit more. And I call them my special someone because I, when I go there, when I go down that ladder, when I go down into that deep dark hole again, and I connect with those feelings, I'm thinking about her, whoever she may be. You know, I don't know her name out there in the real world, but she's my special someone and she's that person that I was, you know, a few years ago, a few months ago, whatever scenario I'm looking at and I'm writing about specifically, she's that person I was who didn't have anyone helping her, who didn't have anyone leading her. And it helps me see my journey a little bit better when I see that maybe the reason, this is just my own personal philosophy, but maybe the reason that I went through all of this, I have all these battle scars was that I needed to be forged through this shitty fire sometimes with all the stuff that happened to us to be that leader I wish I had. So when I write, I'm writing to her because I wish I had someone telling me this in this moment. So when that one scenario comes up or I feel called or pulled to write about this, I'm thinking about her when I needed to write in that moment, what I needed to hear. And that helps me figure out what exactly she needs to hear when. And it helps me not navigate those boundaries. Mm. So my little take on it. I love that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, giving meaning to our firestorms or our shit storms, <laughs> um, that's healing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the most devastating losses that I've experienced during them, in the middle of them, right when they've happened, when I'm trying to put my life back together. It was so easy before to call out why. Why did this have to happen? Why me? Why this person? Why? And just really craving the answer. And the thing, I've realized a couple of things from that, is, is why is not a very productive question because we may never know the answer. But on a deeper level, I think that we're, we're the ones that decide the answer of what something means. And whether that's losing a loved one tragically, um, whether that's a relationship not working out or totally switching directions in your business nine million times and wondering, am I ever going to get this right? Am I ever going to figure this out? And am I ever going to get to hone this message so I can help the people I'm meant to help? All of these things, we assign a meaning to them. And I think when we can really reflect on these and, and gain the wisdom that they're here to teach us, that gives us a much richer platform and way to experience these life experiences that we've had of like, no wonder I walked through that because I'm here to pay it forward. And sometimes, you know, I was sharing this with a client most recently that um, sometimes our deepest tragedies, they're only there for maybe a five second conversation with someone six years later, <laughs> you know, we don't know how it's going to show up of, Oh, that's why this happened. Sometimes the why doesn't result in this big whole life miracle. Maybe it's just this one little ounce of hope that you could give somebody. Mm -hmm. But what I've found is that's enough. 
if you let it be. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. So I love how you put that because it could just be in such a short, simple conversation, but you don't know how healing that could be to the other person. And that's what I love. And that's like, Oh man, I just remember when I was little, I just wanted to like help people and then I didn't know how it would come about. And now I feel like <laughs> I figured out my little way to help people, but it is just that it's if we can use exactly our stories, those things that have happened to us to affect someone else in a positive way, that person can heal a little bit more. And then that person can go talk to someone else. That person can talk to five people and it snowballs into this like huge thing of love, you know, and it all starts with, that's what it all is. You know, it's, in relationships it's in life we can't we can't serve others if we're not serving ourselves first a big lesson for me because I'm so bad at that and I'm constantly doing it but when we heal ourselves we can serve others so much better and we can help them heal in incredible ways and we go from me to we and if we all could do that I think the world would really change Yeah, I totally agree. So I'd like to ask you just a really simple question that's going to have a totally loaded answer. So just (laughs) forewarning you. (laughs) So where you are now in your journey with the wisdom that you have now and being able to cultivate more joy in your life, what are maybe the top one, two, or even three things you think are just so incredibly important for creating more joy? That's such a good question. Oh, <laughs> have me think a little bit. Well, the way I see joy, um, and definitely has to do with the meaning that we've been talking about, seeing meaning in all those little bits, little hardships. I think life is literally like an up and down roller coaster. And I think one big lesson that I'm currently learning, and I think we'll be learning like 50 years from now still, is that nothing is ever going to be perfect. And I think we all have that in our heads, whether it's in love, life, career, that when I have this, everything's going to (laughs) be Yes, the total definition of enoughness. Once I get here, have this, am this, then it'll be enough. (laughs) Maybe it's just our thing. You know, when you're constantly pursued by enoughness and worthiness, that keeps coming up. You keep catching yourself falling for that Mm -hmm. all the time. So that's a big thing. It's not to get hung up on when I have this, when I have it all, life will be great because life is always going to go up and down. And I'm constantly learning that there can be okayness in the ups and the downs. And the way I look at it, it's almost like there's this like little straight line or little like heartbeat in the middle of all those ups and downs. And that can be joy or whatever word that you want to place there. But joy is, joy is a good one. And I've used joy there before, you know, and that I can find joy in the mess. I can find joy in the, I don't know what I'm doing. This is really hard. This is really sad. Um, But it's, it can be okay because it's all going to keep going like that. And and it's, you know, out of my control. Um, I guess that's a second um, lesson is that there are so many things out of our control. And this is, this was huge for me this year. 
getting out of the head space and really consciously now practicing being in that heart space is that there's so much that's out of our control, but we try to put it on the tiny little <laughs> bows all the time. Yes. <laughs> all the time. We, we keep forgetting all these lessons we have to learn. Mm-hmm. You know? Write them down and plaster them everywhere permanently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when we learn to let go, those things that we so crave, it's, it's so simple, it's so cliche, but it's so true. They come our way, you know, and I couldn't have planned this conversation, you know, that this would happen and it's wonderful. I, all those things that I deeply want to have and have happen in my life, they happen when I let go. This love that came into my life happened when I let go of expectations. Um, Mine too. Mm-hmm. Okay, have a whole nother conversation about that. <laughs> a good lesson. Yes, it <laughs> when is. When it wasn't in my nice, neat boxes, check boxes, everything fell into place the way I couldn't have planned it. Um, this year, writing that first piece about what am I doing with my life, I thought that was the end of it all. I really was like crying. My boyfriend, like, everyone's going to hate me. I'm like such a failure. What am I doing? Like, I don't want to hit publish on this. It literally took me three hours to hit publish. And um, it was just that was what everyone needed to hear. That's what they were waiting for. That's what I needed. And then all these other things started to fall into place. I was trying so hard and I was pushing so hard for And just to trust, almost just to trust in the net, you know, and I think we all have this like foot hanging off this like proverbial cliff all the time. Like, are you down there, net? Are you down there? (laughs) So it's just, it's okay to jump because everything is going to catch you. And I've learned this time and time again in my own life, in my own journey. Um, And I want to bring up, I guess, one more lesson, which isn't my own, but, um, I guess this can be put in the show notes too. There's this um, man I love who's, um, I, I don't even know if he has a title. He's just a, like a transformational comedian. And I went to see him earlier this year. Um, fun fact, he had this tiny role in 10 Things I Hate About You. And now he's like, he, he knows so much more than most business coaches out there now. And he's all about healing and love and the heart space and um he gave a really good lesson the night I was in the audience, but I had my own agenda to meet him there that night too. So I like totally like was not paying attention as much as I should have been, but now it's, it's hit home for me. And, um, he took this girl on stage and she had all these dreams that she was so uncomfortable up there and he just had her do some simple exercise and, um, I'm practicing this now. He's like, just say what you're feeling and say, I love it too, you know, and, and I love it. And I've been doing this. So she's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, want to pee my pants? And I love it. Everyone's <laughs> staring at me and I love it. <laughs> so uncomfortable and I love it. Yes. It was so funny watching her, but she started laughing and then she totally sunk into her heart space. Mm. And I think it's that practice of um, loving it all. Yeah, loving it all and coming from that heart is so important. So. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that last one. That's wonderful. I mean, what an easy practice though, you know, it's almost like, um, I don't know if you've read Be Free Where You Are by Thich Nhat Hanh, but I recommend it all the time to my clients. It's like the smallest, tiniest, quickest read you'll ever read in your life, but it talks about the practice of smiling. 
to find more freedom and peace wherever you are. And it's so simple. Like when you're reading it, you're like, really, really? <laughs> like it's this simple and I'm trying to make it so hard. But he talks about when you're in the grocery store and there's millions of people in front of you and you're in a rush. Smile. <laughs> when something is hurting and you don't know what the answer is going to be, smile. And it's just bringing more joy and more presence to what it is you're experiencing because smiling softens. So does love, right? So it really reminds me of that message you just shared of, and I love it. Adding love to anything is going to make it softer and a little bit easier to weather. And so does smiling. And I just wanted to kind of add that in there because it really just brought it to a different uh, layer, I guess. So Diane, I've been so privileged and honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being a beautiful guest. Thank you so much. I feel very honored. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And I would love to connect our audience with you. Mm. Is, is there a website or anything that someone can connect with you right now? There's a few. <laughs> no, um, keeping it simple. Um, well, if you just want to, if this resonated with anyone and um, you just want to follow my journey, I kind of outlined kind of my whole little journey on this um, just page called dianepolly.com. Um, that's my regular site that I haven't done anything with in a while. Um, there's a slash after it, though, and it's called With or Without. Mm. No hyphens, no nothing. Um, and I think that really kind of sums up just the life I'm leading right now and that I want to be an example to others for that we can have this life with more heart with or without titles, you know, in spite of what the world wants of us. And um, there's links to all the other stuff I'm working on on that page. So that's all of me right now. All right. So that will be in the show notes, everyone. I'm also going to be linking to this blog post on Medium that we've been discussing today, as well as the video to Brene Brown. And I'd love to include um, some way for them to connect to that person that you mentioned with, and I love it. Mm -hmm. So that'll all be in the show notes for you. And I thank you so much for just tuning in and joining us for another inspiring conversation about joy and bringing it all back to love. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.